There's a saying that if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. I heard that in a sitcom that I was watching the other day. And when we think about our business, we have to think about the money. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to create a solid financial foundation for your online business or for any business, as a matter of fact, because it's important to think about the money. It's important to understand that without income, without revenue, you really don't have a business. You just have a very expensive hobby. This is going to be a great episode because we're talking about the money in business. going on everyone welcome to another episode of the maximize your brand podcast with markeith brayton you know i'm excited each and every week to come to you via video via audio and every week we bring you some type of guest in a particular industry that really can speak to helping us to maximize and monetize our personal brand so that we can live the life we crave, do the work that we love, and just make the impact that we desire to make in the world. And this week, I have a very special guest who is really going to help us talk about the theme for today, which is how to create a solid financial foundation for your online business. And I say online business because I like to specialize in online businesses. However, I believe that what he's going to share with us will be transcended across all types of businesses. But my guest today is Mr. Parker Stevenson. Parker is the co-owner and the chief business officer at Evolved Finance, a bookkeeping agency that specializes in helping online entrepreneurs to build more profitable and financially stable online businesses. For over six years, Parker has been advising some of the top coaches, course creators, influencers, and thought leaders on how to make more sound business decisions using their financial data. Before joining Evolved Finance, Parker spent five years at Adidas. Come on, y'all. Five years at Adidas. I got a lot of Adidas gear in my house. America, where he became the U.S. product manager for a $50 million a year product category. And so what we're going to do is not prolong this. We're going to go ahead and bring Parker into the room. What's going on, Parker? Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Maximizer Brand Podcast. Marquis, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I always give a brief um, introduction of my guests, but I always like my guests to kind of share a little bit more information about themselves, how they got started, and, you know, anything that we may not otherwise know. 
Well, I had a weird journey to get to where I'm at. Um, you know, I, I'm, you know, Evolve Finance is a bookkeeping firm for online businesses, consultants, thought leaders, coaches, things, you know, like you said, um, I never thought I'd get into accounting or bookkeeping. I, when I was in college, I was a business major, but I was actually a musician, thought I was going to be a rock star. I was in a band. Um, I have family in the music industry. I thought that was the road I was going down. Uh, but it's funny when people talk about chasing your passions and all that, I'm like, I chased that passion and it ground me down. It was a lot of work. And so I kind of came to the, you know, when the band broke up, I kind of was like, okay, I need to go get it. I want one job. I don't want it to be in a band and also work. I was working at a consulting company at that time too. It was a lot. So I'm like, I'm going to get one job and go do something else I really love. And I loved golf. And so Adidas golf was based here in San Diego where I, where I'd grown up. And so moved back down to San Diego from LA and worked at Adidas, um, America for about five years at the time it was tailor-made Adidas golf. It was awesome. I love golf, but even by the end of that, I'm like, okay, this is kind of a grind. This wasn't what I was expecting. And so one of our really like my wife's best friends, they had this bookkeeping business and they were trying to figure out how do we grow this thing? And we were talking and I was like, I think I can help you grow this, but you guys are gonna have to teach me bookkeeping. And he's like, yeah, we'll teach you bookkeeping. That's the easy part. And so seven years later, here you are, here we are. We have um, over 165 clients. We'll probably have 200 clients, monthly clients by the end of the year. And we get to work with probably some of the most interesting and cool people like all across the country. It's been a wild journey, but I'm glad to be here for sure. Awesome. You know, when I think about business and online business, at the end of the day, you know, and I know a lot of people say that's one of your favorite phrases, Markeith, at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, it's really all about numbers. It's about serving your client, but then you've got to know your numbers to know how to better serve your client. And I thought this would be a great topic to talk about because sometimes we don't really know our numbers. Sometimes we don't really pay attention to uh, our uh inflow of money and our outgo of money, or we don't pay attention to the, our pricing and, and how to properly price products and services. It's interesting that we're going through or coming hopefully towards the end of this pandemic. And many people missed out on some great opportunities to get assistance from the federal government through PPP loans and opportunities, SBA low interest loans to keep their business afloat because they didn't know how they didn't keep appropriate books to be able to, you know, show where they had profit because I don't think you could even get the PPP if you didn't have profit in your business. And so why does or why? Yeah. Why does the numbers matter in business? Because it is your business, right? Like, um, I think a lot of people have lots of business ideas. And, um, they have, they, I think most entrepreneurs go, I can't wait to sell and market my thing. I can't wait to network and have something to sell and do the thing. But if the costs associated with selling your thing are the same as the amount of revenue you bring in, you don't really have a business model that's going to work. We have to have a business where we can generate revenue, hopefully spend significantly less on expenses and have profit left over. Wait and a minute. So, wait you know, a minute. Hold on one second. Do you mean I don't have a business unless I make profit? If you are not making a profit, you probably just have a very expensive hobby. That's mm. kind of the joke I like to make where it's like, again, I think in the early stages, maybe all you do have are expenses because you're working towards figuring out how to generate mm. revenue. Um, but we'll have businesses come to us where they're established and they have 
you know, a lot of revenue. They're good at bringing top line revenue into their businesses, but it's managing and allocating their financial resources appropriately in their businesses to make sure that there's money left over each month so that the business owner can get paid. They can build up savings in the business so that the business has a runway to make the business less stressful and more secure to run. And also to have extra cash to reinvest back in the business to help it grow and get to that next level. And again, I think so much of uh, business ownership, it's exciting to do the sales and marketing part, but there's a reason so many, um, like, especially if you look in the corporate world, the CEOs, a lot of them are going to have some sort of accounting or finance background because if the numbers aren't working and we don't know how to alloc allocate resources in our businesses, then what's the point? We want to turn a profit and the types of businesses that at least our clients have that, you know, if you're, whether you're an influencer, a consultant, a coach, whatever you're doing, there's huge potential for profit in these types of businesses that if we just put some very simple financial practices in our businesses and put those in place and then prioritize those those processes and systems it's really easy to keep an eye on your business and make sure you are staying profitable as you grow staying profitable in your business that's so important that why would you want to be in business unless you create profit at the end of the day many of us create businesses because we want to have more control over our financial future we want to have more control over our time and you don't want to create a business that really is no better than the job that you may have had or the job that you got laid off from or the job that um, may have fired you. You don't want to create just another job, right? I mean, 100%. And that is, that's the thing I think that's exciting about being a business owner is um, getting to help people and make a a deeper impact than maybe you could in your corporate job, right? I mean, I think that fires a lot of people up, but I don't think we should be embarrassed about the fact that we're also excited to make more money than maybe we could have in our corporate careers. Um, but we have, uh, we have clients that will sometimes come to us and maybe in their first year of like really seeing a big uptick in their revenue, they really have this sort of click moment for them where their revenue kind of takes off. And in that first year of really seeing some growth, they can be profitable on accident where it's like they literally didn't have enough time to increase their expenses to reduce their profitability because they're just driving revenue and they're grinding and just kind of like got through the year, ended up with a big pile of cash at the end of the year, which is awesome. It's a great situation to be in. But then if you want to do this and not lose your, your hair or go gray or ruin your relationships because you're working 80 hours a week, well, then we have to start investing in our businesses. We have to start having people in place and systems and software and, and all these things that then if we don't have any visibility into the financial aspect of our business, we're not going to know how much we have to spend. We're not going to know if we're overspending or underspending in certain areas of our businesses. And then that's where the profitability isn't going to happen on accident a second time. Unless again, you're just willing to work 80 hours a week and have no one help you in your business. So that's why I, I think as business owners, we have to kind of accept we're taking on this responsibility as business owners to not just be great sales and marketing and customer service people for our clients and customers, but we also have to have just a little bit of financial acumen to be able to know at the very least, like you said, Markeith, money comes in, money goes out. Just understand the basic principles of that to make sure there is money left over each month so that again, you can start to build your personal wealth while also building like a really stable and predictable business. Now, I like what you said when you said having some level of financial acumen. And so would you advise 
a business owner, whether they be online or traditional type of business, to completely just solely give over that responsibility to the expert, the accountant, the CPA, and not really know numbers? Um, if anyone's worked, I mean, and maybe this is just my experience with with Adidas and TaylorMade, but um, if you think there's a CEO out there who's not talking very closely with their CFO, like in the corporate world, about um, where they're at financially, that CEO is probably not going to stay in their position very long. Because so much of what drives the decision-making process um, in a larger organization is going to be, what are the numbers telling us? What are the numbers saying we have to do, Right. Um, so I don't think you have to have a CFO expertise to run a small business, to run an online business, to run a consulting business, whatever you do. Um, but we do need to make sure that if we have a bookkeeper who's organizing the financial data in our business, that's what we do for our clients. We put the financial, we organize our clients' financial data in a way that they can understand how much have I spent on marketing? How much have I spent on contractors or employees, right? Making sense out of that financial data. And then we have an accountant who will take that data and file your taxes from it. That covers us from a tax standpoint. But unless your bookkeeper is pushing that profit and loss statement in your face every month, um, it's easy to let your bookkeeper do their thing and you just ignore it and still have no idea what's going on in your business. And that's where there is some sort of responsibility as a business owner to make sure that if you do have a bookkeeper and an accountant, that they're working with you to make sure that they're helping you understand the, the number story. And, and I know not every bookkeeper does that. We do that at our, our firm because we feel it's so fundamentally important that our clients do understand the basic profit and loss statement in their business. And I think what most of our clients kind of realize is they go, oh, the hard part is organizing the data and I'm paying you to do that. But once the data is in front of me, the story is really easy to follow. Like, I see the income, I see the expenses, I see what's left over. It becomes so simple, but I think um, the financial services in general, like the industry as a whole, has done a bad job of kind of explaining and educating the, the business owners they work with around those numbers. They just assume, ah, they're not gonna be able to understand it or I'm not gonna be able to explain it well enough. And I think that's kind of bull crap. Um, I think especially for small businesses, the finance for a small business or the finances for a small business, it really is so straightforward and so simple, but we as business owners have to take some sort of responsibility to make sure we're looking at that information. And if we don't know where to get that information or how to look at it, making sure that we're taking responsibility to ask our bookkeeper, well, hey, can you walk, walk me through this? Can you explain to me what's going on here? Because if you don't take the initiative to figure it out, chances are no one's going to do it for you. That was awesome. You know, I think that we definitely need to be invested in our businesses. You know, I know that there are experts, there are CPAs, there are people like you who can really help us in our process of understanding the numbers. But I think that as the CEO, as the business owner, you need to have some level of knowledge around your numbers. Now, you both, both you and I, you know, like online businesses and I want to really kind of hone in more on that particular topic because my clients are creating online based businesses as consultants, as speakers, as coaches that don't necessarily have uh, the type of overhead that many other traditional businesses have. And so my first question for you around online business is how can an online business owner make their finances easier and less stressful? 
I mean, to, to begin with, it's just not ignoring it, right? Like it's going to be stressful if we know that we need to address something, um, but we just kind of ignore it, which again, I think a lot of business owners do. And again, I think that's, I, I understand why, because it's it feels like sometimes it's hard to um, go online and get good information and know what to do or who to hire. So um, the first thing I always recommend is just, if, if you're making any sort of amount of money, get an accountant. Like we're not even accounting firm. So I'm not even trying to push people to us. Just get a accountant. Um, because I think a lot of times the tax stuff, like unless you were an accountant at the corporation you left and now you have your own business, chances are you're going to need someone to help you with the tax stuff. Right. And that's something you don't need to be an expert on taxes. You just need to hire someone who is and trust that they'll guide you on that and trust that they'll give you good advice and trust that they'll file your taxes on time. That's all you really need to kind of manage with them, right? Um, and I think as business owners, again, this extra responsibility we have, we're no longer just getting a paycheck where the taxes get taken out. Um, now we're kind of more responsible for our own taxes. Again, doesn't mean right. you file them yourself, but we're at least responsible for finding an accountant and making sure that we're in our budgets accounting no pun intended, uh, accounting for that expense of an accountant um, in our businesses. Because one of the worst mistakes we see business owners make is they try to do the taxes themselves or they trust their business partner to do it or their uncle or their neighbor who says, oh yeah, I've used tax software before and they're not accountants. Um, that's when they get into a lot of trouble with like weird back tax issues and stuff like that. So get an accountant involved in your business, even if it's someone that's just temporary, they're affordable, and then you can work with someone more high level later on as your business grows. Just make sure someone other than you or someone not, you know, someone who's qualified to do that. Uh, the second piece is, I think even in the early stages of your business, you might not need a bookkeeper, right? We might mm -hmm. not be generating enough revenue yet to warrant that, but at the very least, how can you do it yourself? We always recommend doing using a spreadsheet. Um, QuickBooks or Xero, which are bookkeeping softwares, they're going to try to convince you, hey, business owner, you should use QuickBooks online to do yes. your own bookkeeping. <laughs> do you know how many business owners in the last seven years I've seen use QuickBooks online properly out of hundreds of businesses? One. I've seen one. And she was a virtual, she had a virtual assistant agency. So she was literally doing bookkeeping for some of her clients. That's the only reason why she knew how to actually use it properly. I wish we would have hired her, but she was doing well and we couldn't hire her. Um, we were so impressed with her books. Everyone else has made an absolute hot mess of their books. Hmm. What you can't really make a hot mess of is a simple spreadsheet. So if each month you go into your bank statements, credit cards and stuff like that and just go, okay, I'm going to have a tab. Here's all my income that happened this month. I'm going to have another tab for my expenses. Here's all the expenses I had each month. It's not going to be super insightful and deep, but it's going to at least give you something that you can give your accountant at the end of the year to file your taxes. And you can at least do some simple math to go, okay, this month, my income tab was $10,000. My expense tab was $4,000. Cool. I made $6,000 this month. Awesome. Like that's the basic level of understanding we need to have in the early stages of our businesses. And then once there's more transactions in your business to then you possibly want to put in a spreadsheet, it's just taking you too much time to do it. Then that's probably a good sign that, Hey, let's get a bookkeeper involved and let's have them start organizing this data in a more professional way. Uh, and, and free up your time from actually having to do the, the organization of the financial data. So you can spend more time focusing on serving clients and, and generating revenue. But like, that's really like the basic stuff right there. 
Do we have some sort of financial tracking, even in the early stages of our business, even if it's just us in a spreadsheet? And then do we have an account we can trust to file the taxes at the end of the year? And if you get those things figured out, no matter what stage you're at in your business, you're going to already be ahead of most other entrepreneurs. Well, I think you might know two people. I think I'm pretty good with my QuickBooks online. I've had it from almost the very beginning of my business and my accountant or CPA has ever complained about my books. So, um, and I actually enjoy doing it and categorizing things appropriately. Sure. I reconcile everything every month. Um, you go through the reconciliation month. process in QuickBooks Online? Yes, I do. Okay. Then I believe you. I was going to say, I'll take your word for it, Mark Keith, but if you actually know what the reconciliation screen in QuickBooks Online looks like, then yeah. you spend some time in there, dude. Cause most yeah, people- Yeah, my, uh, my accountant, one year, she, she taught me how to well, not necessarily in QuickBooks Online, but she was, yes, she did. She taught me how to do, you know, your expenses first, because when you do the reconciliation, it just pulls everything in. But you can click mm -hmm. a button and say only debits and then click one that says only credits. And then I just go back, go through and check mark each one and reconcile it with my bank statements. I actually enjoy doing it. I do it actually once a week. I reconcile uh, and look at my books every Friday or Saturday, depending on which day, to make sure that everything is correlates. Then, then let me just say this to everyone listening. Markeith is a unicorn, okay? This is not <laughs> the normal instinct for most entrepreneurs. Most of our clients come to us because they're going, I don't want to look at QuickBooks online again. Because I, again, most want... I think there are some entrepreneurs who are just very organized. They like keeping things together and they mm. like feeling ownership of that. Um, and there are a few and I get that. Like you're, you're definitely one of them. Um, but most of the time, even to the clients like, okay, I'm going to use QuickBooks online. It feels like the responsible thing to do. Most of the time we almost have to redo the whole thing. Cause as you know, there's some intricacy to actually reconciling mm. and understanding how money transfers from the accounts that that's why we usually would recommend a spreadsheet because it's hard to screw up a spreadsheet versus it's pretty easy to screw up QuickBooks online or zero yeah. or whatever software yeah. you use. The only thing I haven't figured out here to date is the PPP loan forgiveness <laughs> that I, I knew how to put it in as a loan Mm -hmm. but now I don't know how to take it out once it's forgiven. <laughs> talk, talk to your accountant because they'll, 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 they, they kind of need to have the final say on what they want that, uh, uh, that to look like. But, right. um, yeah, definitely. That's what, that's why we pay accountants to help us answer these questions. Right. Awesome. 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 What are the most important expenses an online business owner needs, needs to be monitoring? So yeah, I mean, I think these expenses are pretty universal across most businesses. But mm -hmm. again, if you know, if you're like a manufacturing business, you know, that you're going to have like the cost of actually building your product. But otherwise, especially for service-based businesses, thought leaders, when you're, when we're um, digital products where there's no manufacturing costs, um, the biggest expenses we want our clients paying attention to because they are the expenses that will make or break their business. It's going to be their cost of acquiring customers, which is usually going to revolve around advertising, right? A lot of our clients, whether they have coaching programs or courses or a membership site, uh, they're, they're either going to be dabbling in ads at the very least to start to bring new people onto their email list, grow their audiences, or they're going to be full on spending thousands, if not tens of thousands. We even have some clients spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on advertising to keep new leads coming into their, their funnels and making sales. So we would typically want to see for our clients 
that they're not spending more than 30% of their revenue on advertising. If they are spending more than 30% of their revenue on advertising, then it's going to be pretty tough for them to stay profitable. And then the other piece is going to be team. It's going to be labor costs, right? It, for most of our clients, it's going to be contractors. Um, and, and then a number of our clients will have employees on top of that. Like for instance, at of all finance, our whole team are employees, but either way, it's all labor. It's the people involved in the business uh, to, to actually help the business function and run. And so we typically want to see our clients spending less than 20 or 25% of their revenue on team members. If it gets as high as 30%, we can be okay with that as long as they're in the profitability range we want them to be. Because there's some nuance here. Like I like to give these metrics because it gives us an idea of a starting place. But at the end of the day, if the business is super profitable, I kind of don't care if you're 40% on labor, but you have like no other expenses and you're operating at 40% profit, like I'm not worried about your 40% labor costs. Um, but typically if our clients can stay around 20% with their labor, less than 30% of their revenue on ads, assuming they are actually getting a return on investment on their ads, there's really not a lot of other expenses um, that are going to make or break their business. Sure, they might have software expenses, but as your business grows, your software expenses will kind of stay the same. And so especially our biggest clients, they might be spending tens of thousands of dollars a year on software, but it's like maybe one, two, 3% of their total revenue is going to software. Mm -hmm. So there are these other expenses that might feel big in your business right now, but as you grow in scale, those expenses aren't going to really scale at the same rate. But what will scale is your team is going to need to get bigger as you get bigger. And then likely you're going to have to invest in other ways of driving traffic to your website, driving traffic to your um, your landing pages or or your, your content, whatever it may be. Uh, and so those costs become really important to manage going forward too. Yeah, those are some important costs. But one of the great things about online-based businesses, um, coaching, you know, consulting, I've found for myself that my expenses are not that great. Um, currently, at the bare minimum of running my business, I'm only spending maybe anywhere between $1,100 to $1,200 a month just for operating things like software subscriptions, different things like that. That doesn't include awesome. contractors that I may hire or if I'm running Facebook ads or uh, different things like that, but just the day-to-day -day basic things. And I don't know, eleven, twelve hundred dollars may be on the high end for subscriptions and different no, things. No, like that's that, that's low. Very low. <laughs> You're good, man. No, that and that's great. And that is the benefit of um of an online business is you're right. The, the overhead is relatively low. Um, it, you know, what I try to, to just give some people perspective because, you know, some people, you know, especially some of our younger clients, like mm -hmm. online businesses are the thing they would never even consider um another business but i think if you wanted to start a restaurant right, right. like you got to put a lot of money up front to get the space to hire a team the inventory it, it's a bit i mean you could be talking about easily a multi six-figure investment and depending on what kind of restaurant you're trying to start up versus an online business you can start off with a couple hundred dollars a month in software expenses and build a website and you can start helping, especially as a consultant or a coach or, or even a service provider. Um, you can get out there and start generating revenue. But if we are going to scale beyond just yourself so that maybe right. you have other coaches and consultants that are working with you or um, you need to have operations people to make sure payrolls being ran mm -hmm. and HR things are taken care of and your technology and systems are in place, um, then... Um, you know, those monthly expenses can get up right. there. And for, you know, some of our larger clients, you're talking about uh, anywhere from twenty to $30,000 a month, all mm -hmm. the way up to hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in expenses. But again, 
even with expenses that high, they can still stay very profitable because the ability to generate revenue off of those expenses are still going to be significantly higher. Higher. Because, yeah. right? Because as a restaurant, you can only really sell to the people who are in the immediate area of you versus as an online business owner, you can. Assuming your offer translates across mm -hmm. the world, you can literally sell globally and work with anyone across the world. So you have low cost and literally a global market for most of our clients. Like mm -hmm. that's about as good of a formula as you could possibly get into as a business model. And that was what the part that was so inspiring to me. I remember a time when, and I think John Lee Dumas still does, but him and both him and Pat Flynn both would share the income reports every month. And mm -hmm those income reports would be just amazing that, you know, he would spend maybe 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a month in his online based business, but he would still, they would still be profiting two and $300,000 every month. And I just always thought that was so inspiring um, and motivating to one day get to the point where, you know, I don't know if I'll share my income reports like they do, but uh, I get what they were trying to do uh, in doing that. Hey, just popping in real quick to say two things. Thank you for listening to the Maximize Your Brand podcast each and every week. And number two, I want to let you know that I am offering a brand new program called Laser Coaching with Markeith Brayton. I know you have dreams. I know you have aspirations and things that you want to do. And sometimes you just need a little bit of accountability to get you moving in the direction that you desire to go in. I can remember back in 2014, when I first got laid off my job, I had a decision to make. Was I going to pursue my dream or was I going to go back to the nine to five rat race that I just did not enjoy? And the only thing that really helped me to make that decision was that I invested in myself and got coaching. And that coaching was tremendous in my making the decision to keep going and pursuing my entrepreneurial dream of becoming a professional speaker and a digital personal brand coach. And today I want to make that same offered opportunity to you that if you're ready to move to your next level, if you're ready to learn how to leverage your personal brand for a business then this opportunity is great for you. Laser Coaching with Markeith Braden. It's a three-month time frame where you get up to 15 to 30 minutes unlimited laser coaching. But there is one caveat. You have to make sure that you finish the homework from each coaching session before you schedule a new one and once again it is for a 90-day time frame and it's unlimited coaching 15 to 30 minutes you can schedule as many as you want as long as you do your homework in between the sessions before you schedule your next session so if you are interested in laser coaching and this offer i want you to go to markeithbrayton.com forward slash laser coaching. That's MarkeithBrayton.com forward slash laser coaching. And let's move you in the direction that you want to move in because sometimes you just need a little bit of accountability to help you along the way. I look forward to seeing you signing up for laser coaching with Markeith Brayton. 
And so this next question is somewhat of a two-part, and that is that as an online business owner, as an entrepreneur, you know, how much should we be paying ourselves and how do we determine what that should be? So this is probably the most disappointing answer I get to give on a podcast or if I'm doing a workshop, because I think, um, especially as entrepreneurs, I think sometimes we go, just give me a formula. Let me just plug and play something in my business and then I move on. Um, but this is where I think we have to understand that as business owners, there might be some things where we can just plug and play a strategy or a formula into our business and it works fine. Um, but I think there's nuance, a lot of nuance to, well, how much should I pay myself? Um, and what I mean by nuance is we have to understand some things. We have to balance some, some input and data to figure out what that number really is for ourselves. Cause I don't think it's responsible to just go, well, here's a percentage and just take a percentage of your profit. And that's your income. I'm sure some people do that. And, and I find that to be uh, very limiting and in kind of a small view of how to look at it. So I think, and I think it also just, um, negates the fact that everyone's kind of in a different circumstance and we need to learn like, how do we take my own circumstance and find the best monthly salary for myself based on my goals, based on my household income, all these things. So what I usually will, will say to this, this question is number one, do we know how much you need to make? Right? Mm -hmm. So we might have a client where, or I might be talking to an entrepreneur where they're like, you know what? Um, my spouse makes a good salary. Um, my business right now, I don't have to make a lot of money from it. So I'm just kind of investing the money back into the business to grow so I can one day make more money than my spouse. Cool. That's a situation where you're like, well, I don't want to take a percentage of my profit as an income. I'm just going to invest back in my business to help it grow, to make it the revenue bigger and the profit a lot bigger down the road. Versus I might talk to another entrepreneur where they're like, I just quit my job. I'm a single parent. I have to make X amount of dollars each month to pay my bills. I have to. So they might be making, let's say $5,000 a month in profit. And if they need $5,000 a month to pay their personal bills, well, they're taking 100% of their profit out to pay themselves, right? So that's why that percentage thing can start to be, it's not really helpful for everybody. So right. if we do know our personal financial situation and we know how much money do I need to make, which is, I'm guessing, Mark Keith, you have a personal budget. If you're doing your own bookkeeping for your business, I'm guessing you have your personal finances That's locked right. down. I do. And well, I, yeah, absolutely. Se as far as being separate. Yep. Well, yeah. and even just tracking, like, do you track it in like Mint or you need I a use, budget? Or yes, like that? yes, yes. I use Mint.com for my personal, QuickBooks Online, and QuickBooks Self-Employed um, to track the business. And the reason why I use both QuickBooks self-employed and online is self-employed um, also has that mileage tracker uh, mm -hmm. attached to it that I like to use. And I think QuickBooks online just implemented it um, just last year, but self-employed always had it. So that's why I had okay. self-employed. Well, and that's the thing. I figured you would probably have a system for your personal finances. Mm -hmm. Most people don't, right? And I think this is where as business owners, we have to understand that like if you work a job and you don't have a business, you get your paycheck. All you have to do is worry about your personal finances. Mm -hmm. But right. once you become a business owner, now you have that extra responsibility of making sure your business finances are in good shape so that your personal finances can be in good shape. So I think it's really important that we know what's our monthly nut from a personal financial standpoint. So are we tracking in something like Mint or you need a budget or like I use you need a budget is like 80 bucks a year and it's awesome. Really, really like the software. Um, but just knowing like, 
expenses do I need to cover personally? Because then we need to factor that in to, all right, mm -hmm. in my business, am I clear? Which again, which is the importance of even just having a spreadsheet, a spreadsheet, even if it's just the early stages of your business and you just have some spreadsheet giving you some sort of insight into your profit, because if you know how much money you need to make, then we need to see, well, how much profit is the business making? Right. So you can figure out how much of that profit you're going to be allocating to pay yourself. Now, the bigger your business becomes and the more profitable you become, the easier this decision is, right? If you're making, you know, think about Pat Flynn, if he has a month where he makes a hundred thousand dollars that month, uh, and his personal expenses are 20 grand and he pays himself 50,000 of the hundred thousand, he's still paying himself more than he needs to cover his personal expenses. Mm -hmm. And he's leaving $50,000 in the business to like, maybe build up some savings or to save up for a big investment he wants to make in the business, right? It becomes a lot more fun and easier to make those decisions. Right. But unless you're Pat Flynn, then you're like everyone else <laughs> where we have hopefully some profit in our businesses, but we have to be careful with how we manage that profit in terms of paying right. ourselves, but still leaving cash in the business in order to build up savings, to have money to invest back into the business, right? To be able to make sure that the thing that's making us money, aka our businesses, are staying financially healthy so we can continue to make sure we're getting a consistent quote unquote, paycheck from our mm -hmm. business every month. That's good. And you know, the one of the models that I adopt, I actually interviewed him on the podcast was Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. I like to, yeah. you know, I like his process. I like his system. And it really kind of helps me to, to stay on top of really having that allocation to certain accounts so that I'm not caught off guard, even though uh, we did go through this um, recent pandemic and I kind of was caught off guard, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, Profit First, I think, is a great model to use for your business. Yeah, and I think Profit First, especially for if you're frustrated with your bookkeeper or you don't have a bookkeeper yet and you, and you feel like you just need a system in place, I think Profit First is a great first system mm -hmm. to get, to start getting you comfortable with the idea of make sure making sure we're, we're putting money aside for the things that we need to have in the business. Uh, that being said, as our businesses grow, especially if you have aspirations to become a multi six figure, getting into the seven figure realm, we need again, more nuance than that. We need mm. um, to understand more of the details in our business than that. Um, and again, it's not overly complicated if like, again, with our clients, if they have six, seven figure businesses, we're doing the hard part, which is the mm -hmm. bookkeeping. It's organizing the data and making sure everything is showing up in a way that's going to be easy for the business owner to understand, but also for the accountant to file the taxes. Um, but understanding that data is not the hard part. So once our clients kind of see that, a lot of our clients will move away from profit first as their businesses get okay. bigger because they realize that, again, if we're building up the three months of operating expenses, we know by looking at our monthly profit and loss statements and if our profit and loss statements are set up in a way that makes sense for our businesses that, oh, okay, I, I don't need to move the money into another account. I know what we're covering because I know we're going to spend roughly 15% on our team and I know I'm going to spend roughly 15% on our ads and you know all these metrics that that we uh, kind of mentioned before that then they kind of they go beyond just moving money into accounts and they start to really understand how money's moving in and out but if you're not there yet and um and, and you feel like you're in the dark with what's going on with your business profit first is a phenomenal place to start nice nice we have a couple more questions and this question has to do with reporting so what financial report should an online business owner or business owner be looking at on a regular basis? What should we be paying attention to maybe weekly, if not monthly on our numbers? 
profit and loss statement. That is the, <laughs> that is the one. So there, there are obviously a lot of different financial reports and especially when you get into bigger, um, businesses. Um, I, I wasn't involved in finance when I was at Adidas. Um, but just the nature of being like a product manager, merchandising manager, I had to look at inventory numbers and financial numbers and stuff like that. And, and so I would work with some of the finance people on our team. And let me tell you, when you get a business that big, you have some spreadsheet gurus working magic, like mm -hmm. with, with numbers and pulling reports and stuff like that. Uh, but luckily as small business owners, we don't have to mess with all that stuff. There, there's usually not a lot of sophisticated, wild reports that need to be ran. You just really need a profit and loss, like maybe a couple of variations of your profit and loss statement. So, you know, you might want to look at your profit and loss statement for the most recent month where it's going to show you, okay, here is how much income you brought in and a good book. Like for us with our bookkeeping, we'll separate that income by the various revenue streams that our clients have so they can get some detail into, okay, like not just what was my total sales, but how are my, my sales split up across all my offers? And then we'll have various expense categories underneath those in, that income. And then at the bottom there, it's gonna show us, well, what do we have left over after we subtract out all those expenses? What's our profit? It's really that easy. Um, so you might look at that report for the most recent month. You also might wanna look at that report for year to date, like January through the most recent month, mm -hmm. you might want to look at that report broken down with each month next to each other. So we can see the trends across our revenue and our expenses uh, throughout the year. So it's all just the profit and loss statement. It's just kind of um, doing different timeframes of it and just some slightly different versions of it. But that's where we get that feedback of, am I making more money than I'm spending? And right. that's why that report is so important. Now, sure, you have a balance sheet report and stuff like that it tends to not be super insightful for most business owners because the balance sheet doesn't have a lot of stuff going on there that's important for the business owner. Um, so please know, I understand that there's more reports than just a PL. but honestly, if you as a business owner are every month are looking at a PL, especially if you do have someone doing the books in your business and you are using bookkeeping software, that's all we really need to be doing in terms of financial reporting, looking at a couple of versions of the PL for maybe the most recent month, the most recent quarter, or the most, you know, where we're at year to date. If you're doing that, that's going to give you so much insight into where you should be putting your focus. Mm -hmm. um, that I think most entrepreneurs, if they knew, if they understood that if the bookkeeping is being done right and they were getting a proper, accurate profit and loss statement, how helpful it is to feel like you're making more confident decisions because you see, you understand how money's flowing in and out of your business and you're not sitting in this nebulous, unclear, murky view of your business where everything feels like it's a really tough decision because you're not sure how it's going to impact the business. That's where profit and loss statement fixes so much of that for our clients. Right, right. So good. I'm always looking at my P&L statement and looking at, you know, what came in, what what's going out. And so I'm, I'm always there every single week. <laughs> <laughs> Marquee, why that. aren't you working at Evolve Finance, dude? What do we have to do to get you over here? It sounds I don't like know. you, you I don't be know. over with Maybe us. That's a conversation we need to have. <laughs> <laughs> so my last question, and it's very um, important question because of what we recently have gone through over the past year uh, with the pandemic, and that is, you know, how can you best financially prepare for uncertain times? How, man, wasn't it very uncertain Especially here, um, and I'm sure other cities in Nashville, we were hit by a tornado in, I think it was February, and then March, oh, the right. pandemic, and it was like back to back, and 
things were closed down. And then in December, there was a bombing downtown. And so it was just yeah. one thing after the other. And so how do we, you know, prepare best financially for uncertain times? Well, I think that um, instinctually, everyone kind of knows the answer and you might know what I'm going to say. But ultimately, it's about do we have some cash reserves in the business? Now, um, during the pandemic, our, what we know, well, before the pandemic happened, what we always told, tell our clients, we want them to save three months of operating expenses in their business. So they kind of average out, maybe they'll look at the last six months and go, okay, what am I averaging per month for my expenses? Multiply that number by three. And essentially they have a three month runway to figure things out. If something goes wrong in their business or something happens, they have enough cash that they could get through three months to figure, you know, figure out how they need to pivot, how they need to adjust in order to get through that. Our clients that took that seriously when the pandemic hit went, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for telling me to do that. Because even though a lot of our clients really thrived during the pandemic, a lot, because all of our clients have online businesses, um, a few were hit pretty hard by it. Um, but the vast majority, 80 to 90% of them actually did better during the pandemic, but still in March, April, and May, everyone was stressed out. We were stressed out. No one knew what was going to happen. No one knew what was going to happen from, you know, our revenue all going to drop or people going to stop spending money. And um, luckily our clients felt prepared, or at least the ones that saved that three months of operating expenses, they felt prepared to deal with that and felt ready to pivot. And it was a little less stressful for them because they were sitting on cash. Now, I think what happens with a lot of business owners is, is when things are going well, you go, well, why do I need to save that much money? I'm crushing it. I make it like, I'll just make more money next month. If I run out of money, I'll make it more next month. Cause we're, we're killing it. Um, but the reality is there's an inherent risk to business. I mean, there's an inherent risk working for someone else too, right? Like you could have been working for the airlines, felt like you had a stable job and then you got laid off during the pandemic. Um, but as business owners, we can manage that risk better because it's our business. We can build up that three months operating expenses versus if you're working at an airline, I doubt you're telling the CEO, uh, you know, the CEO of American airlines, like, Hey, don't spend all your money on stock buybacks. We need to keep some cash in case something happens. Um, so that's where I think as business owners, yes, you need to have a mentality of, I'm just going to go make more money. I'm going to make more sales. Absolutely. I don't want to harsh anyone's buzz on that. But at the same time, so much of entrepreneurship is about managing risk. Are we being smart to, to make sure that, you know, if something unexpected happens, um, even if it's something like Facebook's algorithm changing and all of a sudden our Facebook ads aren't converting like they were before, which a lot of our clients have gone through, we go, you know what? We don't have to panic. We have cash on hand. Well, it gives us time to pivot, adjust, and move through this. And I, I've never seen any of our clients not come out the other side of that if they have that cash. And in the meantime, they're not like having to go into debt. They're not having to take out loans. They're not having to take out a second mortgage on their homes. They're, they're just using money that they said, hey, instead of paying myself a big bonus, I'm going to save some money up in the business. I'll pay myself a big bonus later. They're just kind of like protecting the business. Mm -hmm. So that way they could still earn an income. They could still pay themselves during a down period and they just have time to adjust and adapt. And I think that's all we can really ask for as business owners. Now, the caveat being, if your business is new, just vulnerable, right? It's just a vulnerable time. There were businesses that when the pandemic hit, there's nothing they really could have done. Right. Um, they just didn't have the cash. There was no way for them to ever have had that cash. Then unless they got, took advantage of, um, you know, like you said, the EIDL or the PPP, 
it's just bad timing. It's just really bad luck. Mm-hmm. Um, but which is why that if you are gaining some momentum and you are starting to see your business grow, that we take that really seriously and we try to build up that savings as soon as we right. can so that we can just make our business a little less volatile. And it's so important, you know, and just to be transparent, my business was impacted greatly by by the pandemic, even though I did have an opportunity to take advantage of some of the uh, government assistance for businesses. Um, but one of the things that I took away from it was exactly what you just said, was to do a better job at doing those things. And I just recently landed a, a big contract and I intentionally put in place for myself to start functioning in the manner in which you were talking about and including the whole profit first, sticking to that profit first. Because had I really actually stuck to it, then the pandemic would have not as been as terrible <laughs> as it was for me. But we made it through. We're here. We're towards the end of that. And it was a it was a great learning experience for me in business. I'm glad oh, I'm glad you felt that way because um, you know, it was again, I, I feel very fortunate that our business um we grew last year. I never would have guessed that, but it was it was the most stressful year of growth I ever could have possibly uh, imagined. And and I do think there were a lot of good learning lessons for everybody. And I think that's where again there is value in liquidity, having cash mm-hmm. in the bank available. I think sometimes business owners want to maximize every dollar they have. It's like, well, I'm not just going to leave biz- money in my business. I'm going to put it in the stock market into real estate. That's fine. But you have to assume that money is no longer liquid. If the stock market drops, well, right. now you have to keep that money in there if you don't want to take a loss and wait for the market to come back up. Come back, so yeah. That's where it's like, sure, we have clients who might be sitting on 100, 150 grand, $200,000 in the bank account because they have large businesses and they want to have that cash as like an insurance policy to protect mm-hmm. them and to make their business less stressful. Could they be putting it somewhere else that's going to make them more money? Sure. But again, who can predict the next unexpected thing. You can't. So it just allows us to sleep a little better at night, knowing that we have options and we have tools at our disposal to get through almost anything. And there are things always, always happening in the world. Things are always (laughs) happening in the world. No doubt. We definitely want to be prepared. Well, Parker, I want to thank you for joining me today. And before we go, I want you to, you know, look at that camera and share some words of wisdom and some advice to uh, those individuals who might be just getting started or who may be in the middle and the thick of things and could just use a little inspiration around their finances and their business. Well, I'm in a good position to be able to provide some inspiration because I am constantly inspired by our clients. Um, when I, I was telling Markeith before we started rolling here that when I came on board with Evolve Finance and, and my business partner and I, I came, the business was already started, Evolve Finance was already established and I was coming in to help uh, Corey to, to grow the business and I was starting to learn how to do the bookkeeping and I was looking at all these online businesses, which I barely knew anything about online businesses seven years ago and I saw like what these people were doing and and how much money they were able to make, like the lifestyles they were able to develop um, from these online businesses that I just, I couldn't believe it. It opened up my view of like what's possible. And, and, and seeing our clients do that has inspired Corey and I to grow Evolve Finance to a place where we, we never thought we'd really be at this point. And so what I just want to encourage everyone to understand is that 
Um, the internet has changed the way businesses function. You don't need an MBA. Um, you don't need to have a finance degree to run a successful online business. Um, the overhead, like we're talking about is so low that as long as we have an offer, we have an offer people resonate with, and that's really going to help people. And we are able to position that offer in a way that, that incentivizes them and inspires them and motivates them to, to invest with you in your offer. Um, the sky's the limit truly. Um, and there's nothing, you know, our clients come from all walks of life, um, all different backgrounds. Some have a lot of business experience. Some have very little business experience. I mean, we work with artists and creatives, um, and all of them just have this commitment to figuring it out. And I think that as long as you feel like you have something of value to provide, whether it's through a service, whether it's through a digital offer, um, as long as you feel like you have something that a market wants to purchase and wants to invest in, then it's just a matter of how resilient can you be? Are you ready to solve problems and figure out what you need to figure out to find that formula that works well for your business? And that's what I see with our clients. Again, some of them have a lot of education. Some of them don't. Some of them have a lot of business experience. Some of them don't, but they just were willing to go out and learn and figure things out and problem solve. And that's why they're where they're at today because they took that chance and they took action. They went out and actually took action. And that's what I think has been so inspiring for me from my perspective is just that it's just people brave enough to go out and do it, to fail, to learn, to, to grow, uh, and then succeed. That's really what it's all about. So if you're willing to do that and you feel ready um, to be resilient, to be a problem solver, to be someone who's going to go figure things out, there's absolutely no reason you can't have a, a business of your own that gives you a full-time income, helps build your wealth, and, and makes you feel really good about the work you're, you're putting out into the world. Get out there and learn. Take action. Be willing to fail. And you eventually will get to the manifestation of what it is that you're going after. Such great advice. Well, Parker, how can we learn more about you and your company and where can we find you on social media? Absolutely. So you can find us at evolvedfinance.com. That's E-V-O-L-V-E-D, evolvedfinance.com. And if you have an online business and you're generating six figures or more a year in revenue and you're operating in US dollars and you're just not selling any physical products, we don't do e-commerce business or anything like that. I'd say go to our website, let's schedule a call, set up a discovery call and see if we might be able to help you with your bookkeeping. Otherwise, we have a great podcast on our website that that goes over a lot of these concepts we are talking about today, just trying to educate people on this part of their business around the finance and operation side of running a business. And then we also have a great workshop on our website called Know Your Numbers Now. And it's a workshop that's gonna give you a stronger foundation of how the financial side of your business works. We even give away for free a um, personal budgeting spreadsheet and a business budgeting spreadsheet just help you start to plan out your expenses plan out your revenue and really start to just take hold of your numbers a little more nice well parker thanks again for joining me on the maximize your brand podcast such great valuable information and content that i know people will be able to glean from and use in their business i also want to thank you my listening audience those of you who listen each and every week to the maximize your brand podcast with Marquis Brayton. I thank you for listening. I thank you for sending the emails and for leaving the review. If you've not left a review, go over to iTunes and leave us a review of this episode or any of the episodes that you've listened to. I always like to look at those reviews to see where we can improve or just to see where we can celebrate. So I appreciate you being a listener. And each and every week we're right here 
every Wednesday with a new episode. And so I thank you once again for listening. And I look forward to sharing another episode with you next week. Just remember this. Always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Take care. Oh, 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 oh